Hi, and welcome to episode number 217 of the Savvy Social Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping passion-led online business owners and entrepreneurs learn how to use social media as a tool to grow your business. I'm your host, Andrea Jones, and I'm fiercely committed to helping you understand both the how and the why of social media marketing so that you can create connection, build community, and make your difference in the world. This show is brought to you by Sendable, which is the all-in-one social media management tool my agency uses to schedule out our content and analyze our clients' results. You can try them out for yourself by going to onlinedrea.com slash sendable. And I'll put that link in any links we talk about today in the show notes. That's onlinedrea.com slash 217. Today, I have Meryl Kriegsman on the show. She is a global business development entity, and she's dedicated to helping you become the wealthiest woman in your lineage. How? By showing you how to sell whatever you want, whenever you want, and at whatever price you desire. I love it. Meryl, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be here. I don't think I've ever been introduced as an entity. It sounds like rather ominous. It's like an entity. <laughs> yes. Well, honestly, your presence, I remember meeting you in person. And yeah, um, that's right. And then I remembered following you on social. And uh, we talked about this before, but um, I think I've been connected with you on your personal Facebook. And then you posted something about erotica novels and join your Facebook group. And I was like, I don't know what she's selling, but I'm in. (laughs) Whatever it is, let's go down this rabbit hole. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I love it. And I love the, like how you show up as your full self. So talk to us about kind of that journey because you started off as a, a copywriter, correct? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, it was actually something that, that, you know, it sparked a lot of memories or, um, I, I'm doing like this workshop, um, next week. It will be long over by the time this airs probably, but it's like very specifically for creative service providers. And I was just reflecting on that time, you know, and just remembering how, uh, in the beginning I felt so tied or my, my worth, right. And the, the, the worth of my work felt so tied to, the, the, the amount of deliverables that I would, you know, upload in the end, like in the Dropbox folder or send in like Google Docs or whatever. Um, right. And it's, uh, it's been a journey from, um, from sort of, you know, going like, uh, um, okay, right, this sales page has X amount of words. So now I get to charge X amount of dollars to feeling really comfortable for people to actually pay me for my insights and my suggestions and just sort of the lens with which I look at the world, right? And it's been a journey from for me also understanding that that's actually where my brilliance lies, right? And I think uh, that there are a lot of service providers out there who uh, who have sort of grown beyond the point of you know just sort of being really good at the at the thing they create, but also sort of like are able to zoom out a little bit and go like, you know, this is strategically how to approach this specific thing. And right. So there's just such, such tremendous value that, that very often we provide as service providers where like the one thing that we can say can dramatically change, you know, somebody's business or somebody's life and we don't even realize it. Right. So um, yeah, it's, it's been quite yeah. the journey. Yeah. 
You know, I experienced that in my own business where, you know, we run the social media agency, right? But as marketers, we have our little fingers into so many different pieces of our clients' businesses that sometimes we go, oh, this should be a podcast. And then suddenly, like, we don't do podcasts at all for them, but suddenly, you know, that changes their whole content plan and their whole strategy. So it's wild, you know, the the level that we bring to our business. Um, Totally. and, And... and you've seen that and how you've transformed your business. And one of the things that I really admire about you is this um, like artistic way that you approach creating content. Yeah. And so I want to talk a little bit about first the personality piece of it. You know, you show up and you talk about topics that like, you know, erotic f- fiction no- novels has nothing to do with running a business, but somehow attracts your people to you. Like, yeah. What's, what's the thought behind that? And why do you think that it works so well for you? Well, it, it, I think it started for me um, when I when I wrote my first, um, like for myself, like a one-page website. I think it was like 2018 or something, something along those lines. And I had this one section that that shared 12 fun facts about me or something, right? It was like this, this sort of just a, a beautiful, beautiful little bundle of just like little snippets of, of like things that are important to me and things about my history and things about my ancestry and things about my identity. And whenever I had a sales call with someone, they would say, I booked because like we have this thing in common or, right, I booked because I also love, you know, whatever it was. Or, you know, when you shared this thing about, you know, Jean d'Arc, right, I was like, oh, my God, you're my people. Right. So there was just this realization that it's like, this is, this is like conversion lube. <laughs> it's like, this smoothens the, I know that sounds really disgusting, but it's sort of like, it, it's, it. right. It makes, it makes for lubrication, like for lack of a better word, right. It just makes everything go much smoother. Um, and there's just a, a sort of, it almost feels a little bit like cheating, Right. When it's when when somebody shows up on a call and with, you know, you don't even have to do the heavy lifting of like, and here's why you should trust me. And here's all my credibility. And here's all the right like that. That becomes sort of like the icing on the cake. And no cheating isn't the right word. Right. Because, I mean, it works. Right. It's just like it's a tool that we get to use. Um, but when people land on a call and they're already like, you're my people. Right. There's there's not so much heavy lifting you need to do during the actual sales conversation. And if there's anything I love, it's to to sort of like, you know, engineer things in such a way that the sales conversation is simply, are we a fit right now? Rather than can I trust you? Are we a fit? You know, have you worked with people like me in the past? Right. We want to answer as many of those questions in our social media content, on our website, right, in our show content, whatever it is. So that that sales moment can can be just that, right? Do you have a couple of questions? Are you fit? That's it, right? People are always asking me, like, how come, right, that you've literally closed multiple seven figures in revenue in the last years alone, right, for a program um, on your own, right? Like, without a sales team, we're just, we're, we're, right now, we're actually in the process of building a sales team, right? Like, often with, like, a baby on my boob, <laughs> Because I, I I had a, a baby in 2020 and I would just like show up on sales call like, yeah, well, she yeah, she's nursing. So here we go. Um, and the the reason is, is that like I, I really took this idea of like I call it micro conversions. Right. So basically in our social media content, there's like this 
basically endless numbers of, of like little micro conversion moments that we can create with our content, right? Where they just fall in love with us just a little bit more, right? Again, so that the, the sales conversation only has to be one of those micro conversions, right? Then, then culminating into, right, the macro conversion, which is the sale. But you've done basically like 95% of, of that conversion work has already happened in your content. Also, I use this like in between launches, right? Don't, I don't launch anymore because we're open enrollments uh, at this point, but this sort of like, let's say promotional waves, right? Mm-hmm. I make sure that all the objections that people might have are addressed before we even sort of have a little promotional moment so that yeah, I don't have to do that work while I'm I'm sort of like in my promotional flow, right? So there's so much possible within our content that actually engineers basically the conversion without us even needing all kinds of like, you know, CTAs and actual sort of like, you know, action happening where people hop over to a link tree and book themselves in. There's just, it's it's much more subtle than that, much more layered. Yeah. Yeah. And you do a lot of this in your Facebook group, right? That's your main platform? I would say so. so yeah. Okay. What, what, what made you choose the Facebook group and what like results have you seen from kind of focusing on that one platform? Mm-hmm. Well, when you have um, sort of like a more of a private space, right? People feel more willing to share things that are more private. And and I really believe in sort of like this law of reciprocation. So if I'm John, like I know one Saturday afternoon, I was like, do you all just want to know which erotic novels I, I think are the best based on the fact that I just read 250 erotic novels this year is like my fun project, right? And 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 everybody was like, yeah, oh my God, like which one should we read, right? Because there's so much trash out there, right, as well, where it's like, oh, okay, no, I don't want to call, you know, my partner daddy and just go away, right? Um, <laughs> or, or whatever it is. Um, so, you know, I, I posted a whole bunch of like, this author is fantastic. Like this series is amazing. If, if this is sort of, right, tell me your king, I'll hook you up sort of style posts, probably in my personal timeline. I mean, I'm pretty rad that way. I, I might still do it, but in the Facebook group, there was at least also that sense of for the people who wanted to reciprocate and say like, oh yeah, I read that one or, oh, that's totally my kink right? They felt safe enough to actually engage in that conversation, right? So it's just, it just creates more of a, of a sacred, safe environment. I don't believe in safe environments. I don't think we're ever safe or in control, but safe-ish. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, honestly, I felt the same way joining your group um, because I, like I, I've seen your post. I know what you are all about, but it, that micro conversion worked for me personally. So I love that, you know, showing up in that way can really help our listeners understand how they can apply this to their business as well. I know I shy away from it a lot. It took me years to even admit that I like erotica like romance novels. And even now when I tell people, I just go like, cause I read a lot and they're like, Oh, what do you like to read? And I'm like, romance. novels, <laughs> So not quite, but 
you know, even just admitting it is something that creates bonds between people, which is so beautiful to see. Um, that bonds, bondage, like all the things. It's like, also, oh, I need to know what you're reading now, right? Like, we're going to afterwards, you're going to like voice message about this. People are going to go yes. like, we want to know. Like, what do you... <laughs> we will have a sidebar. Although I did well, start listing them in my Goodreads as well. Um, awesome. I, Good for you. Starting to lose track. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, as you're kind of approaching your social media as well, Mm -hmm. you have this storytelling way of talking about your approach to business building, to marketing, to sales, to all of it. Um, Where do you think that comes from? I went to the Waldorf school as a kid. No, just I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Waldorf school system, but it's it's very much um, very very creative um, and 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 supporting you know young people and developing their creativity. Um, so it's sort of like I'm joking, but I'm not joking <laughs> because I I literally grew up in you know a school environment where everything was about beautiful storytelling, right? Like, and everything was about okay, now let's, you know, talk about, um, right. Archaeology, but let's, let's actually go and travel to where they're, where they're doing a dig and let's, let's do a painting about it and let's do some, you know, like, let's, let's grab some clay and, and, you know, make something that we saw at the dig and right. So it was always very multidimensional and, and very creative. And, you know, my family is like, I come from an artist's family. My mom is a interior designer, um, right. My grandfather is a painter. It's like, there, there's just a lot of very creative people in my family. So I think, you know, we've we've always been sort of just like really intimately involved with like how how do we tell the story? How do we create the atmosphere? How do we right? It's like when you, for example, see my mom's interior design stuff. It's like it's almost like you're time traveling. It's like you're just you fall into like this different dimension of like whoa, okay. Right? I'm feeling all these feelings. Like what what did she do? It was some kind of like magic that happened there, right? And I, I just. I, I love that. I love creating that with words. I think words are so powerful. And also, right, like, here's here's what I do. And I bet you do something similar. So I'm just curious to hear your opinion on this. I am always aware when I'm consuming content, you know, when it clicks, when it moves me, I'm like, wait a second. Why did I just get goosebumps? What about this? And how it was framed and how, how they you know, sort of like led into the story and how, right, they created sort of like the core and the heart of what they wanted to share. What about this worked so well, right? So I'm always consuming with sort of a creator hat on to go like, hey, if I were to create my version of this, or if I were to duplicate this strategy, but use it for this particular story I want to tell, then I'm going to just like sort of like steal the strategy, right? Not so much like, you know, of course, actual copying, because I would never want to do that. But definitely sort of just like, what, what did I just, what just happened? Why did I feel this so incredibly keenly? And so, and then I'm just like putting that into my little, like, you know, storyteller toolbox. And next time I'm writing a story, I'm doing that thing. And people are like, oh my God, you're so amazing. Right. And it's like, I've just been observant and I know what works and I know, right. Why? And, And then you can just use it. Yeah. 
Uh, no, I'm the same way. I find even the most random instances will inspire my own approach to copy. And lately, yeah. a lot of it has been more on the um, almost like uh, self-help motivational side of things. So, you know, oftentimes what we're coaching our clients and students on isn't the real problem, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, take like the fitness industry, for instance, why is it that people want to sign up for a program that's like lose 10 pounds in 10 days? And it's like, not the words itself, but the reason behind why people connect with that. And that's what mm -hmm. I try to bring to my marketing, at least to like get attention, and then have that like, um, element of storytelling behind it. But y'all, yeah. this is a work in progress. I'm talking about it like I'm finished. This is an ongoing process. <laughs> it is though, right? But like personally, when when I walk into my office, which by the way, is like really lovely, I think. It's like there's plants here and like beautiful um, wallpaper and you know, that's important to me. It, it almost feels like like I'm just I'm walking into my studio the way that I used to do when I was an opera singer and I was going to warm up my voice, right. And, and sing stories basically. And now I'm, now I'm writing stories. Um, but it, it, it truly stems from a feeling really bored with most of the things that I see online and sort of going like, if I unrush myself, right. And really took the time to do this story justice. And I, you know, I rather do that and create a little bit less content than like a high volume of content that is very mediocre, right? So it's like quality over quantity. And that seems to be working really well for us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I like the focus on quality content. There's already way too much content on the internet anyways. Yeah. So I love that. I love that. Now, I want to talk about the conversion piece of it as well, because a lot of what I know of your business happens in direct messages. So mm -hmm. how do you kind of convert people or set the stage for closing someone in a direct message? Yeah. So it starts with having reasons to actually pop into somebody's DMs, right? So for example, uh, in my in my stories, right on, on Instagram, uh, we'll be asking lots of questions. So people pop in with sort of like, oh, my opinion on this is this, or my experience with this is this. And then you're in a conversation. And so one of the things, right, goes back to that micro conversion thing. One of the first conversions that we're looking for is the establishing of sort of like a banter, right? Like a cadence between back and forth between me and the other person. I'm not looking for an opportunity to like shove a link in their face, right? I'm looking for that, that first commitment between the two of us is to prioritize, right? Like whatever that conversation is so they get back to me within a few hours. And then I get back, you know, after a few hours mm -hmm. and there's sort of just like an establishing of like a rhythm or a cadence, right? And, um, what I usually do is like it starts with uh, some written messages and I might go into voice notes, right, which feels more intimate. And, and then there's sort of just like a deepening of that intimacy, a deepening of that intimacy until, right, I ask them a few questions that sort of help me gauge where they are at in their business, right? And if I sense that, you know, I could help them tremendously, right? Like we work with, with, um, with more established business owners. So people are sort of usually right at least at like 10, $15,000 a month already when they start working with us. Some people are at already like $100,000 a month. We have like different sort of like groups that we serve in different rooms inside of our program. 
But it's, you know, when I sort of ask them a few questions that help me gauge sort of where they're at, right, I will, I will just go like, why don't we right, hop on a quick call and we just, you know, get to know each other a little bit more, see where you're at. I might have some really interesting pointers, you know, towards what it is that is really going to help you grow your business um, within the next sort of like six to six to 12 months. Um, I would love that, right? And especially when you pair it with, and also let's talk about like our favorites, you know, sort of like romantic erotic fiction uh, you know, writers, or let's talk about life on the farm, or let's talk about what life is like with little children, right at home during COVID, right? Like, right, there's like, there, there is that, like, also just like a reason, right, from from like a human perspective. And I think that gets gets like extremely underrated, right? It feels it feels scary to hop on with somebody who might potentially sell something to you, right, or make an invitation, when there is nothing in common, but when you have already established that, you know, um, you have like similar interests and you, you know, some, some things about your lived experience you have in common with that other person or right. There's just like that, that human level has been established and that's extremely important. I had just, um, just now, um, received a message from, somebody who tagged me in a post about the, um, what's the carpet, uh, the tapestry of Bayeux, which is like, I'm into embroidering stuff. And so she, because I posted that, right. She tagged me in like this one project that this lady is doing where she's duplicating or basically, or yeah, what would you call it? Like she's creating like, um, like a version of, of the tapestry at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I could reach out to her and say, oh, my God, like, you didn't even know, but I actually went to visit, like, an exhibition of that of that tapestry, right, when I was a kid. And now we're sort of just in that moment of, like, oh, yeah, we got all of these things in common, right? And then that is usually the kind of stuff that by the time she's ready to book a call, right, to actually help have us help, you know, support her in growing her company, those are the things that come up usually right around the close where it's like, yeah. And I knew, I knew that this was going to happen eventually because we have so much in common. Like, I, you know, like, do you remember when we were talking about like the tapestry of, right. It's like, that's what happens or a movie recommendation I made or this or that. Right. So super, super important. Yeah. I like how much like personableness, personableness, is that a word that you bring to these relationships? Because we hear a lot in the online space, this word scale. We hear a lot about, you know, people trying to create mass marketing strategies, but this feels very intimate. I'm curious about the downside of some of that intimacy, Mm -hmm. um, especially as you're considering bringing on a sales team. Do you think you'll, you'll lose some of that or maybe shift how you show up there? It's a good question. Um, They just shared in, you know, our, our sales channel that we have inside of Slack, sort of like a, like, can you please create some, some verbiage around, right? Just sort of like a general outreach message. And I was right away like, Oh, I don't, like that feels a little scary to me, right? Because basically what I've been teaching my clients is that if you don't know how to personalize and customize the message, then you have no business being in somebody's DMs, right? That's sort of like a cardinal rule. So I'm actually going to get back to them and say, here's actually what I would prefer you do, right? And 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 just maybe create a create a message that will be like a conversation starter, 
but more something along the lines of like, you know, we're, we're doing some market research. We would love to hear your story, where you're at, how we can support you, right? Maybe set you up with some with some resources from within our program. Are you open to that? Right. And then then sort of like, again, micro conversions. Right. So first the first conversion is to establish a back and forth. Right. And then you want to sort of like amplify that pattern. That's the next conversion. And then, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, no, I'm actually going to go back to them and go like, mm, maybe do like slightly something more in that direction, because it, otherwise it just. I think it could really tarnish my brand as well because people uh, associate me with sort of scaling high touch, right? And here's the thing. Um, most of my clients, right, including myself, like I don't think I'm going to scale beyond, um, you know, 250 clients this year. I think it will probably more be more something around like maybe 175, 200, Right. And then there's a, a, a small private client roster as well. But you, you see, like, that's that's very much within sort of like, you know, what the human brain is able to hold as in like, you know, the, the an amount of people that we can still right we can we can associate like what their voice sounds like and what their face looks like and what their family life is like when you scale beyond that. Yeah. Right. Something needs to shift. But then the question also becomes are you selling an experience or are you selling a product? Right. And I think that there's been a lot of confusion about that in our industry where um, people present something as an experience when really it's a product. So people go into whatever that offer is going like, um, right. Looking for connection and intimacy when that's really not what it is. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that, but of course a, a fair representation of, what the experience is actually going to be like, I think is really important. And what we offer at this point in time is, is very much intimacy, right? It is, it is connection. It is access. Um, you know, inside of our program, I was just talking to somebody, my program director message, messaged me, you know, like on Voxer, like so-and-so just, you know, ha- like went through this experience. Her husband is in the hospital. Maybe you need to leave some voice messages just to, you know, for her to know that, you know, we're thinking of them, right? And and stuff like that, that creates like this, this beautiful, right, sense of, of intimacy. But also, I don't have to hold all of the details of all the lives, but I've hired somebody can sort of keep more consistent track of that so that we can still offer that high level of personalization and customization and access and intimacy without me burning out, right? As, as like the teacher and the mentor within that program. Yeah. Oh, I love the distinction between the experience and the product. And one of the things we teach here on the podcast is that your marketing should mirror what the inside of your product is like. So it sounds like that's what you're doing here is, you know, the intimacy that you have in a direct message is similar to the intimacy they experience in the program, whether it's you delivering that or someone else, there's still that piece that's there. And I think that's huge for social media. It is. Yeah. It's a little bit like this, right? Like, for example, I'm, I'm really, really shitty at remembering people's birthdays, including my family members. I'm just <laughs> not very birthday oriented, except when it's my own birthday, because I'm a Leo. So I'm like, oh, it's my birthday. Right. But when it comes to like my siblings and stuff, like, I'm just not very aware of the day and the date. Like, it's just, I'm, I'm a little bit sort of like, in the in alternative like universe time and space wise I don't know how that works in my brain but it's sort of just how it is so however right 
I made it a priority to make sure that the, the birthdays of the people that I love ended up in my calendar, right? So now I see it in my calendar and it's not that I remembered their birthday, but I, I prioritize making sure that I, that it showed up on the calendar so that I, you know, I'm not going to forget. That's the same thing with hiring then, you know, program directors, you know, who, whose full-time job is to, to tend to the people and task me with what needs to happen to make them feel seen, heard, and acknowledged, right? So that's how I sort of like, um, yeah, my, my vision on, on like high touch and scale at the same time and how we can do and have both. Yeah. So with, with all this intimacy, one of my questions is about boundaries. How do you, how do you protect yourself in your space? Especially as a coach, we find a lot of people end up coaching in the DMs or, you know, getting messages and things after hours. So what are you, some of yeah. your own boundaries around that? So you're not like on Instagram all day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, um, we have an amazing contract that we've worked on with multiple lawyers and, even like restorative justice experts, right? Because it's not just like, we personally don't love this idea of like, when there is a breakdown in the relationship to just go like, I'm going to like send a season desist, bitch, right? It's like, I, I, I love for just like a, a slowing down and sort of going like, hey, maybe there's, there's an opportunity for a conversation, right? Because usually when there's breakdown, there's also massive learning opportunities, right? So anyway, we worked on, on the whole contract side of things. Um, and then we also have a success manual that people, you know, have to read when they start the program. And uh, we also have an onboarding call with our program director who sort of reiterates some of those key pieces that are being shared in the success manual, which is really sort of like just a guideline around what kind of support to expect, what to not expect, where we draw a line in the sand, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, how to get the kind of help that you right that they feel they need. Uh, sort of like how the support structures uh, function, who to reach out to when you can sort of find your way, right? Because this is what happens to so many people inside of a program is that they never get into like the, the place where it's in their body to go put a question in the ask form. And so, right, they just sort of slip into the background and fall through the cracks. So we're, we're super, super committed to not have that happen to people because, you know, otherwise why join a program, Right. Right. Why get like exquisite coaching lined up if you're not going to be able to receive it? So um, in the success manual, it also says, right, like it doesn't actually serve, right, all of us as a collective to go and message Meryl on social media to request additional support, right? Because here's the thing, it will spread me so thin to the extent that, you know, I won't be able to show up fully in my full presence and with the quality of listening right? That people um, come to me for, quite frankly, right? It's like the strategic advice, the quality of presence, um, right? The key, like really, really amazing listening that happens on the hot seat calls. When people are constantly pulling me sort of like out of my, out of my center, right? As a person and invade my private space, um, that is 100% going to suffer, right? So in order to make sure that Meryl can show up Right. Like with the quality of presence that you're right, that made you decide to be in this program, it, it's made very clear that they cannot go and DM me with additional coaching questions. Right. This happens during the hot seat calls. If you have additional questions that go into the ask form, if you need some additional one on one support, you book a one on one with our program director right, or somebody from our team. 
because I make my team available to the people inside of my program, which is one of my favorite things. Um, So for me, the question is always like, can we, where it's basically, if you set really clear expectations, then you don't even have to get into like a conversation about, right, you overstepped a boundary. Or when that conversation comes up, you can simply say, hey, I'm just gently reminding you of the agreement that we made and that you came into this program with. And also, right, if you feel that you're not quite fully receiving the kind of support that you need, book a call with Katie so that she can, right, maybe customize like Katie is our program director um, to have her maybe um, sort of handpick right? Like what resource they should be focusing on first, right? Because we have a lot of people in our program who identify as neurodivergent, who maybe have like an ADHD, um, uh, right? Diagnosis or are in some way, right? Like their brain works a little bit differently. So we we're fully there to sort of customize sort of like, you know, what, what is it that you need and how do you receive and retain information well? So it's, it's not a, you overstepped, right? Like naughty, naughty. It's more a let's, let's just scoop you back up, see what you need and make sure you're set up for success. Yeah. I really like that uh, boundary setting as well, because it's so easy to give a lot, especially in the digital space, because there's not a, the, the container of a, of a physical location, right? So um, the door is closed. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Lock it up. Yeah. How much time would you say you spend on social media marketing between, um, you know, you write these beautiful captions, you, um, mm-hmm. you have all of this time you're spending connecting with people in the direct messages, you're like any given week, what does that take you in time? Sort of like three hours, probably. Wow. I would say. Okay. Yeah. It's not a Is lot that more all. or less than most and- people? It's less than, than a lot of people trying to apply that same strategy. I think a lot of people overthink it, um, but that three-hour mark is what we recommend for our students. And it, honestly, it's it, when you're running a business, if you're spending more time than that, you, you really have to be strict with other things in your business as well because it can easily bleed over. So interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As we wrap up our conversation, I want to talk about um, how you work with people and specifically your free uh, guide to creating high quality referrals. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, um, and this this might actually be, in, like, I'm curious to hear what you think about this, but um, a lot of people who come to us, um, you know, as as we create a plan for them to, you know, double, triple, quadruple their income, because we're really interested in like huge revenue months. That's what gets us really excited. Um, it usually also means like a shift in positioning, right? And sort of a a revamping of, of sort of like how they talk to their people in their marketing, which feels very overwhelming for a lot of people. I'm sure you have this experience too, where it's like, oh, now I need to change my routine. Like, ah, <laughs> right? And, and so what we actually advise is that when you start to talk to a slightly different clientele or you start talking to maybe a, a smaller percentage of your clientele that has more money, that's like more more sort of like positioned and poised to actually have the transformation that you now want to offer, start offering your clients. Usually the the first sort of like the quickest way to cash, which is what we're very interested in, we love, we love healthy cash flow, um, is to 
to go and establish a network, like a referral, right? Potentially a referral network, network of potential clients that fall sort of within that category, which is something that you can do behind the scenes, right? DMs, pulling them in conversations, hopping on calls with them. And then, right, they have a fantastic experience. Can they, can they, you know, help you uh, get in touch with a couple more people like that? That's usually like a much quicker way than, oh, now I'm going to serve a slightly different clientele, right? I need to start saying different things in my marketing. I need to right, say something different in my Instagram bio. I need to maybe take down content, right? That you, that used to be very successful with a former clientele, right? That, that is probably like a three to four month process to go through that, like, pivot externally right like in in the actual content itself in the meantime you can make like tremendous money if you get that that referral piece really dialed in right and i think that there's so much more possible than people even realize like our our program which brings in multiple seven figures a year is mostly filled through referrals People love the experience. They get tremendous results, right? And they bring they bring two or three people to us, right? As in like so-and-so also, right, wants to do this thing. Um, so it is, it is truly sort of like low-hanging fruit that a lot of people don't even realize is, is like right in front of them. So inside of the guide, I share 10 really like holistic, easy to implement. Like literally you can do it like this afternoon. If you're listening to this in the morning, you can do this this afternoon, set aside some time and uh, see some incredible, you know, additional revenue flowing in. Yes. I love that. And I'm going to put that link in the show notes, onlinedrea.com slash 217. Grab this juicy resource and get started today. Cause I think there's so much that you could do to build up that network um, of people who can bring you more clients, which is amazing. You know, and Andrea, like the really interesting thing is that the top number one strategy is to actually give referrals, right? It's again, yes. like that law yeah, of reciprocation, right? It's like um, people will remember you if you help them get more clients or more opportunities, right? And And they are just super, super excited to make exciting stuff for you happen as well. So I'm always just sort of like, uh, right, whenever I see a post, right, I'm looking for a copywriter, I'm looking for a social media strategist, I'm looking for, a, right, whatever it is. I'm like typing up people's names and connecting them in DMs and right, just doing some of that matchmaking work. First of all, because I like to think of myself as, a, as like a good person. And I think that's a lovely thing to do for my community. But also because I know that somehow, right, that that will find its way back to to our company as well in in the form of like some some kind of goodwill. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I love that. Meryl, thank you so much for being on the show today. This was a fantastic conversation. Yay. I'm so happy. And I'll put all of your links. Um, would you prefer for people to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram? Like what's your favorite platform? Yeah. So definitely follow me on Instagram. It's simply like my name, Meryl Kriegsman. And then also um, go check out what's in the link tree. We always have like beautiful workshops going on, stuff like that. And we have a free Facebook group as well. It's called Rewilding Wealth with Meryl Kriegsman, um, where I share all those like juicy (laughs) 
stuff like this. These uh, erotic fiction authors and uh, no, but also lots of stuff around um, creating wealth through our businesses, generational wealth, uh, stuff like that. And also, if you're curious to just get to know me a little bit more, go hop over to my about page on my on my website. So it's MarylKriegsman.com. And if you scroll down on my about page, you will actually read all those lovely little tidbits um, about my life and my ancestry. And yeah. Yes. Awesome. I'm going to put all those links. Y- y'all are in for a treat. Deep dive into it because it is a lot of fun. Thanks again, Meryl, for being on the show. My pleasure. And thanks to you, dear listener, for tuning in to another episode of the Savvy Social Podcast. If you love the show, head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Give us a five-star review. Really helps out the show, keeps us in the top 100 marketing podcasts. And that's all because of your support, which we appreciate. Uh, Next week, I have Alicia Henderson on the show. We're talking all about live video, specifically on LinkedIn. So you'll want to check that episode out. I'll see you then. Bye for now.